The Weekend Warrior, every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. On ESPN LA 710. Dedicated to you, the fan who works hard all week and slugs it out on the court, the field, the big box store, and the honey-do list all weekend long. And helping you cope as you come to the realization you're not 19 any longer. Here's board-certified orthopedic surgeon Dr. Robert Clapper. Baby, do you understand me now? Sometimes I feel a little mad. Don't you know that no one alive can always be an angel? When things go wrong, I seem to be bad. I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Oh, Lord. Please don't let me be misunderstood. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. You're listening to one of my favorite bands, The Animals. It's because of this guy, Eric Burden. Mm. Hard Scrabble. That's where he's from. A tough, tough neighborhood. A port city just out of London. A hopeless place to grow up. Today's topic is surf wax. And at 8.15, we're going to get into it with James Mosley. We're going to ask him. What exactly is surf wax? And how do you get into that? I mean, for me as a surfer, it's that material that I scrape on my smooth fiberglass surfboard, which is slippery, that allows me to stick to the board and not fall off. Whether I'm on that surfboard or not, it's going to glide through the ocean, through the waves. My job is to stay on top of it and ride it to where it's going. It's a metaphor. I get it. It's a clapper vision. But when you think about it, which I did all week long, where do you see surf wax in art, in sports, and in my world of surgery? Something that allows me to stay attached to that magic carpet. In the case of Eric Burden, he needed to get out of his neighborhood. And the only way out of unemployment and poverty was music. But not just any music. The music from America, the South. The House of the Rising Sun was his biggest hit. Let's hear that song. This song made him famous. But he didn't write this song. This song is 300 years old. But when he recorded it with the animals people finally heard who Eric Burden was. Let's hear it. There is a house in your Many people covered this song, but nobody sounds like Eric Burden. Because Eric Burden used this 300-year-old Southern America song as surf wax to get the hell out of his neighborhood. I need you to listen to an interview of Eric Burden talking about what a god-awful place he was from and how music from America got him stuck to music and ride that surfboard, ride that magic carpet out of that town. Let's go to red number one. 
Where did you grow up and what, what kind of town was it? Um, coal mining, heavy industry, armament building, shipbuilding, wife beating, beer drinking, town. Big city, small town. What was it like growing up, living in that place? Uh, it was exciting from a musical point of view. Uh, I had a great musical uh, education there. It was a great ja jazz club there and a, rock, a good rock and roll scene there. Every night of the week there would be like a different facet of music. Next. How in, in a small town in England did you discover American blues? Um, it's a seaport. And Seaman used to bring records from America. And uh, they would bring things like Tennessee Ernie Ford and Frank Sonora. And uh, amongst the records would be Fats Domino and Chuck Berry. And uh, they would give them to me because they didn't understand them. So I you know, got off on, on the records that they used to bring me. And my whole musical education is just strictly through American records. So that's all. Number six, Yellow. What do you think it would have been like had you never uh, broken out of there, if that had been your world, instead of the inside of the Concorde and uh, hotel rooms across the globe, what do you think uh, Eric Burden would be doing today if you'd never uh, come out of there as a, as a rock musician? I'd probably be unemployed like everybody else in my hometown. I mean, it's, it's the, the employment, unemployment has been a way of life for the, since mm -hmm. World War II. How do you get out? How do you get traction, texture? Get the hell out of there. Listen to how bad it is. Number seven. And well, before that, we had, we had the huge um, marches, uh, Jarrow marches uh, in, in the 30s, where the men uh, from my hometown moved en masse to London to demand work. Yes. And uh, they just did the same thing uh, last year, but they didn't get the support that they had in the 30s. Nobody was interested mm -hmm. anymore. It's, uh, it's tough. It's, it's a very, uh, one apathy. Uh, gets into the bloodstream. It's it's tough to to get rid of it, and it's um, it's it's tough. It's a hard situation. For me, my surf wax was going to school, going to medical school, getting out of Far Rockaway. The surf wax for Eric Burden was music to get out of that godforsaken place. Number five. And uh, I came in touch with it personally because I had a seaman who lived uh, downstairs to me in the next apartment. He would go to um, America on regular trips. He was a Frank Sinatra, big band, Count Basie fan. Mm -hmm. He would bring back records that he liked. And there would be these rhythm and blues records that were used as packaging material. And he would yeah. discard them. I would grab them and I had a, a small wind-up record player and put it, put it on the record player and suddenly wow. there was... Yeah. Wyoming Harris, Don't Roll Those Bloodshot Eyes at Me, and uh, uh, the early stuff was uh, even um, 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 Bill Haley and the yeah. Comets and that kind of thing. And I suddenly said, wow, there's a, wor a world of music here, you know, would, would you get me some more? So, consequently, that, that happened more than just myself. There are collectors in England who have unexplainable collections of records that are all scratched on one side and perfect on the other. It's because they were used as packaging material for the big artists. Elvis. There's a world of music out there, but I need to get there, and I ain't going to get there staying stuck in this town. Unbelievable how music, not from England, but from America, got Eric Burden out. What about in the world of sports? The biggest sports apparel company in the world is the same story. Texture, traction. Staying stuck to that magic carpet. Well, Nike. That's how Phil Knight got out of his life. By teaming up 
with his track coach and coming up with the brilliant idea of making the bottom of your foot stick better to the track. Here's his story, number one. It was a crazy idea to the outside world, but it never really was to me that uh, it was always a big hope. That hope first flickered here at storied Hayward Field at the University of Oregon, where Knight was a mid-distance runner. Did you like the roar of the crowd? Very much. <laughs> I didn't get that many, but... Uh... <laughs> he wasn't the fastest, but he just might have been the smartest. I came here as a 17-year-old, just very uncertain of everything, and met Bill Bowerman, and I've often said, if there's no Bill Bowerman, there's no me. Bill Barrowman was his coach, and don't let Phil Knight fool you. He ran a mile in 4 minutes and 13 seconds. He was no slouch. But he learned more about life from his coach than he did in the classroom. He learned about surf wax, but for him, it was the bottom of the sneaker, not the wax you put on a surfboard, but the same damn thing. It was Eric Burden's music. Number two. Bill Bowerman was Knight's coach. He was obsessed with tearing apart track shoes and reassembling them, creating sort of a Franken-shoe of his very own. What were they like? Well, they were just, he, he would make them out of goatskin, and so they would just be, have almost no form in the upper, and then he'd get a spike plate taken off another shoe and then glue it on. They were pretty ugly, but they were light, and uh, I was one of his guinea pigs, and that uh, you know, kind of planted a seed. That seed took root while getting his MBA at Stanford. Knight wrote a paper outlining a strategy of manufacturing running shoes in Japan where the labor was cheaper. That's exactly what happened in the camera business, and he noticed it. Canon cameras made in Germany all of a sudden were not doing well in the market because Nikon took over the Japanese camera. Phil Knight said, hey, maybe I can do that with Japanese running shoes. Number three. Well, ever since I wrote it, it was sort of ticking away in there. It just kept kind of growing. After graduating, Knight put his paper into action, convincing a Japanese company to let him distribute their brand of running shoe called Tigers here in the U.S. He began selling them out of the trunk of his car. His initial investment, a thousand bucks that he split 50-50 with his new partner and former coach, Bill Bowerman. People say, oh, I hear what Knight's doing to the Stanford MBA. He's peddling Japanese track shoes. That was a pretty big joke at the time. But I wanted it, so I said, I got to try it. I got to try it. But here comes the innovation. Because it's surf wax. He thought about, can we make the bottom of the shoe better? Not spikes. Not like I've been doing on turf. But what about running in general? And it was Bill Bowerman, his partner, his coach. Listen to how this happened next. By 1971, their little shoe company had sales of $1.3 million and a new innovation, thanks to Bowerman's unlikely experiment with his wife's waffle iron. He put urethane in there. He said, maybe that's the pattern. That's a different pattern that breaks up that should give you more traction and more cushioning. The result was the waffle trainer, a new kind of sole that Knight wanted to manufacture under his own brand. What was the name you wanted? No, Dimension 6. Dimension 6. Which no <laughs> It'd be a hard time fitting on a heel tab, wouldn't it? <laughs> Why Dimension 6? Well, there was a fifth dimension, right? So we wanted to be an extra dimension. But no one bought that idea. Nobody liked it. And there you have it. The world of surf wax is not just for a surfboard. It is in art, in Eric Burden. It is in sports, in Phil Knight making Nike. And it is in medicine, in Dr. Clapper using education 
become a surgeon to get out of Far Rockaway. That's what you need in your life too, surf wax. Coming up next, we're going to talk to a master who understands actually what sticky means, what being attached to the magic carpet means better than anybody else, the great James Mosley. Coming up next, right here on the Weekend Warriors Show on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm still quelling. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. There is a house down in New Orleans. They call. Oh, I can apologize right now for listening to Bob Dylan. <laughs> but listen, it's the same words as Eric Burden. But when Eric Burden sings it, it touches your heart like nobody else. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I'm so excited to talk. And a shout-out to Jared Abrams for hunting down James Mosley, who's an expert in the wonderful world of surf wax. James, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Dr. Clapper, for having me. I'm so excited to be on the show. Uh, It's my pleasure. I find your work fascinating, and I find the whole idea of surf wax fascinating. And again, it's a topic that most people have no idea even exists. But think about it. When the ocean is colder water in the winter, you might need a different material than when you're surfing in the tropical islands of Hawaii because the same material might melt. I mean, people don't think about that. And how does it clump? Is there a smoother? Is there a bumpier one? There's a whole science behind making surf wax. But before we get started, James, I want everybody to understand who you are, where you came from, and how did this crazy business come into your life? So tell me, where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to high school? What'd your father do for a living? Tell us all about yourself. Yeah, so I grew up in Los Angeles, you know, I've been to like eight different schools growing up, so all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's a surfer. Like, hey, that's, <laughs> right, right, and I feel like that's also, you know, um, being the son of an entrepreneur as well, having a bunch of different jobs, you know, mm-hmm. moving and grinding around L.A., um, and then I graduated from Santa Monica High School, okay. so go Samo, woo! Yeah. And yeah, I... I was actually really inspired um, to create Sister Betsy's Surf Wax because in high school I was working at a surf shop called Rider Shack in Venice. Uh-huh. And I always wanted, you know, when you work in a surf shop, you get free surf wax and, you know, sex wax and sticky bumps blaze the trail for, you know, the surf wax industry and more particular um surf wax of course uh-huh. and um i just always really wanted something that kind of catered to my generation and something that jumped off the page a little bit more and had some spark and got people excited and brought back that rad 90s feeling that gets us all excited about wanting to be a surfer you know mm-hmm. um so yeah that's and so what exactly what, it, where'd you come up with the name 
Sister Betsy. Yeah, so I came up with the name Sister Betsy from <laughs> the reggae artist Sister Nancy. I really liked having a character involved, um, oh. you know, and I wanted, there's Mr. Zog, Sex Wax, there's Miss Palmer's, and I thought, hey, you know, let's take it off the rails a little bit and let's, you know, pull out Sister Betsy, you know, see what we could. <laughs> Do you, you know, know a Betsy like, or it just sounds good to say Betsy? You know, at the time I was watching a lot of Mad Men <laughs> and, you know, um, I wanted to have a name from the 50s that no one, you don't hear a lot. And I was like, huh, a funny, cute little girl named Betsy, you know? <laughs> So, yeah. I so, thought it had where do you even begin? James, how do you begin? Like, you got you call up a chemical company? You call up a candle company? What is it about surf wax? Is it different than paraffin wax that you use to make a candle? Is the chemistry different in surfing wax that we use? Yeah, definitely. So, it is, um, it's along the same lines of candle wax, but also you know, taking it a different direction because for candle wax, you're not concerned with having it sticky at all. But yeah, it's a mix of paraffin wax compounds and then um, microcrystallins and other chemical bases. You had to become um, a chemist after all this, right? Yeah, definitely. It also helps to have some help from other people in the wax world. So I'm able to help gather resources right. from the Good. U.S. And I've also been working with manufacturers out in Brazil and wow. just kind of pieced everything together and, you know, made it my own Sister Betsy Surf Wax. Here's a trivia question. Do you know why the shape of surf wax, rather than being square, triangle, hexagonal, was round? Why is that? Because the very first sex wax when he decided I'm not going to use a candle with a wick to rub it on my surfboard, the very first surf whack dedicated for surfing, when he made his concoction, he poured it into tuna fish cans. And that is why the shape of the surf wax looks like the inside of a tuna fish can. That's why it's that shape. Did you know that? How can I be teaching you that? You're in the surf wax business. No, it's so funny. I've actually heard that story before. Oh, okay, I was good. just if you knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I wanted to trick you and see how much you knew. So, Reverse psychology. I, so it's interesting. In terms of launching a new line, a new product, where, what started it for you? That you just wanted to be in the industry and you picked the wax business and then learned all about by getting involved with engineers Versus, for example, saying, I want to be in the wetsuit business or I want to be in the making of a surfboard business. It's interesting to me that of all the parts of surfing that you pick, James, it's the surf wax business. Why is that? Yeah, I think what really kind of catered me to this part of the surf industry is because at the time I was in college and in business school, they're always talking to you about, you know, solving a problem, what you know, can your service or product help fix? And, you know, of course, surf wax has a purpose, but the, you know, I wouldn't say problem, but I felt like the, the, the gap that could be filled in the industry was the excitement and just the radical vibe that, you know, that made us all want to be a surfer. And, 
I feel like these brands have been around for so long and nice to have something different. You wanted to be different. I I wanted something different, you know, I, and I've really found that this brand really caters to the kids, which really motivates me when days, you know, aren't the best, but Hmm. when a kid hits me up on Instagram and either wants to be sponsored or says how much they love my wax, I'm like, wow, this is so worth it, you know, and Hmm. it just makes me so stoked to just, See how, like, it feels like I'm giving, like, a kid a bar of gold, you know? And they're like, what? Like, no way. And then it makes me feel like I'm Tony Hawk or something, you know? So, so. James, would you be the first to say that structurally the product that you came up with is not really that different from Sex Wax or Bumpy Wax or the other brands as, as a structure, as a material, but what you're different is in the brand itself. That's what you're after is to connect with the buyer, but not necessarily that you made the structure that radically different. That's that's very interesting uh, to me because yeah. your product is, to me, a metaphor. That's what today's show is all about, that you need to be stuck to the magic carpet, which in this case happens to be a surfboard, but the magic carpet could be other things in life as well. I find that fascinating. Are is the company participating in kids in charities? What are you doing with the brand? Yeah, so with the brand right now, to be honest, what really made me want to get into this as well is I really wanted to have the old soul of surf wax, which is of course, is like, you know, the formula, how people expect it to go on. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to have my own little twist and bring some modern day touches to mm. such an essential, you know, surf item, which is obviously surf wax. And that's why I created the hexagon to have something, a different shape that makes it easier to apply on your board with the hard edges. Mm-hmm. And then I also have some different unique scents that caters to two different demographics. I have the eucalyptus that the adults really love, you know, if you've ever been in a steam room, it really hits a special place in your heart. Mm -hmm. And it also just smells really good with the cold water vibes. And then I also have some sweet flavors like cherry and mango, which the kids really love. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a little piece of everything. And there's some pieces of my personality in there. There's, uh, there's a lot of, you know, chapters to the story. Um, Tell us about the membership on the box. Yeah, so with the membership that we have on our website, sisterbetsy.com, we're doing a subscription box. And, you know, we're all surfers. We want to be able to cater to our community. And I know that me and a handful of friends have been in the parking lot before when the waves are going off. And you're like, dang, I don't have any surf wax. And you either have to, you know, scrape your nails into the wax or ask around you know and Mm -hmm. it's too early when you know when the waves are good and the surf shops are closed and you're kind of screwed so i wanted to be able to help other surfers out and send out some nice packaging um with the membership box have you have four bars that um caters to when you sign up on the website when you put in your address I custom handpick the temperatures according to the season, uh, where your address is, where you're located. Hmm. So if you order it in August, then I'll be sending you cool wax if you're in 
uh, SoCal. And then once we hit December, I'll be sending you a cold wax. So I just want to make it easier. You don't have to think about it. You know, it's delivered to you. A lot of people are busy these days and, you know, just I don't think we're that busy that we can't figure out whether it's cold in the winter and hot in the summer. But it is a nice touch. And I just love the whole angle you're taking to something that is profoundly helpful. And it's just fantastic because this is not anything I would ever imagine someone would put this much thought into. And it's just awesome that you are, James. God bless you. And I just love your charitable nature. You're a good person. And I think the good karma that you bring to surfing, which already is filled with good karma, is a really special thing. The world needs more James Mosley's and more Sister Betsy type thinking in their companies than we have. I, I can't tell you how, how fantastic it is to know that you're out there thinking of these things. What's next for you? What else are you going to be getting into? Thank you so much, first of all, for the kind words. Um, and yes, the charity we're working with is uh, kids around the world. And every box that we send out, we donate a free meal to a kid in need in a wow. third world country. So, wow. um, yeah, it really hits home for me just because with surf shops and stuff, unfortunately, the margins aren't enough to right. be able to donate the sales like how I want it. So that's why I really also wanted to push for a good online product to have enough margin to donate a good enough amount to, you know, get something important that can change someone's, you know, day at least life. You know, I feel like a meal, you know, I know when I don't have a meal, I'm the crabbiest person in the world, you know, and I can't even imagine what it's like to not know when your next meal is coming from. You understand um, James better than other people. The feeling that you get when you give, what you get back is a thousand times more than the energy of giving. You've been blessed, and for you to be able to share the aloha with other people is a beautiful thing. Keep it up, James. I really want to thank you for spending time with us and teaching us. Sister Betsy's, now my favorite favorite surf wax to use in Dr. Clapper's world. Thanks so much for getting up early to be with us, James. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Dr. Clapper, for all the kind words and for having me on. I appreciate it. It's been awesome. No problem. No problem. Wow. Oh, yes, Sam Radio. Woo! Yeah, exactly. Put it on your website. Warrior. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a good day today. God bless you. All right, Warriors, coming up next, I'll take your calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. But I need to teach you, how do I, as a surgeon, figure out what's the best way to make sure your leg lengths are the same? And what is it that happens when you tear the ligaments in your knee when I, the surgeon, says, sit tight, don't have it fixed yet, let your body heal. I'll explain which ligaments you can do that with and which ones you can't. And if you do tear your meniscus, you may not need surgery if you meet someone like me. I'll explain. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. 
with Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. That's right. Mahalo. Aloha. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Ahui hoy. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Catch a wave and you're sitting on top of the world. That's right. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Catch a wave and you're sitting on top of the world. That metaphor, that clapper vision of surf wax. Awesome. Well, the lines are all lit up. What a pleasure. Let's do some clapper vision. Let's get into it. Let's go to Damon. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, Dr. Clapper. How you doing? I'm good, Damon. How young are you? What do you do for a living? Uh, 45 years old. I'm a firefighter. Ah, God bless you, and thank you for taking care of us. You don't have to find a total stranger today and do something nice for them. You do it every day. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right. How can All I right, help so you? What's up? So about about a month ago, I was working out, and I was doing assisted pistol squats. And so I did them at the gym, and I was all right. Everything felt good. I had the usual muscle soreness when you have a good leg workout. Mm-hmm. But then about two days later, I went to the station, did them again, and I didn't feel no pain. Everything seemed fine. But then the next day, I couldn't bend my knee all the way. And then I noticed it was a little sore. And so I tried to do other leg exercises, and I noticed my knee was sore. It's on the inside where I grab. If I grab the bone, I can feel it. So I started doing a bunch of leg rehab, leg rehab, like uh, reverse walks with the sled, um, tibialis raises, just a bunch of stuff like that, step downs with the elevated heel. And it started to feel good. But then uh, last week we had a fire. It wasn't a big one, but still I had all the gear on, jumping up and down on the rig. And then my knee started hurting again. So I iced it, but it just seems like it'll get better, but then it'll kind of stay the same. So is it the big toe side or the little toe side of your knee? Big toe side. So medial. Um. Okay. If you bend, are you sitting down right? Are you driving? Yeah. If you t- if you're driving, I want you to take hold on to the steering wheel with one hand. Thank you very much. But with your other hand, I'd love you to feel your knee. Is it your right knee or left knee? Right knee. I want you to feel with your right hand your right knee. Feel the kneecap. Pretend it's here's a clapper vision. Pretend your kneecap is a clock. Twelve o'clock, the uh-huh. top of the kneecap. Three o'clock, nine o'clock. But I want you to feel 6 o'clock on your kneecap with your knee bent. Now I want you to take your finger and stay at 6 o'clock but go straight horizontal. Straight horizontal. Is the pain where 6 o'clock level of the kneecap is or is it higher or lower than 6 o'clock? It's uh, higher. It's like directly in the middle. All right, that's a good thing then. You, then I don't think you've damaged your meniscus. You probably have stressed the cartilage, which is very precious, that is articular cartilage. It's different than the rubbery fibrocartilage of your meniscus because if it was your meniscus, okay. classically, Damon, it would be at 6 o'clock, horizontal, medial, the big toe side, left side. If you swing your finger at 6 o'clock, that's the joint line. And then trouble is coming from the joint surface, which is the meniscus. But if it's higher up, 
that's actually areas where the kneecap and how it glides in getting up from a chair, getting down from a chair, lunges and squats. So please, number one, Damon, you listen to the show, you know, don't let anybody give you cortisone shots or stem cells, PRP, no needles into your knee, please. And the fact that it's going back and forth and you're modifying your activities to try to work with it is something I love. Here's the only part of your story, Damon, that I don't love. You're 45 Uh years old. You have to start to think. I'm sure you're big and strong and you can lift tall buildings with a single hand, but you ain't 25 anymore. And you have to recognize it's that bungee cord that you can leave out in the sun for 45 years. It's not so flexible as the bungee cord that's only 15 years old. You know what I mean? It's the, the elasticity changes. And that includes not just the ligaments and tendons, but you know what also stiffens in our body? The cartilage. Uh the hydration, the discs in your lower back. We get cataracts. It's all about keeping the water content in the collagen. We dry out. If you want to know what aging is, it's drying out. We have a fancy word in medicine called desiccation. They'll look at your MRI of your back and they'll go, your discs are desiccating. All that means is you're drying out. And by no means are you old. You're 45. I'm 20 years older than you. I'm 65. Well, guess what? That drying out process takes time. We literally, Damon, can do a bell-shaped curve and look at absolutely 90% of Achilles tendon ruptures, including Kobe Bryant, is 35 years old. That's when the elasticity absolutely in the Achilles tendon switches from being a brand-new bungee cord to a stiff one, and you snap it. Guess what? Your routine and your sophistication with how you describe your exercise is better than many physical therapists. I give you credit, Damon. However, that adrenaline that runs through you when you're in the gym is a drug. You may be masking a lot of the damage that you're doing because you're so juiced up by your own adrenaline. So my advice to you is, if this is truly persisting, then Damon, I want you to do me a favor. Tell the the damn insurance company, the mafia, you got a second opinion from Dr. Clapper. Okay, just like Kobe says it. Clapper. And that they, you need to insist, not an x-ray, but you should get an MRI of your knee and you don't need dye injected into your knee. Just a regular MRI. And if they give you a hard time, tell them you already got a second opinion from me. And I would make time. Tyler will make time for you. When you call, you got the report in front of you. I will translate it for you with Clapper Vision. So I'm not today doing anything at all about treatment for you. But if this damn thing ain't okay. going away, despite you altering your activities, then I information empowers us. I want to know what the hell you did to yourself. And and you should know so that selfishly you can still save us from fires. This is why I'm giving you the advice. I love that you're still working out there. God bless you. So you modified your activities. It didn't get better. Okay, you just bought yourself an MRI. Get it done. Call back, and it'll be my pleasure to help you. God bless you, Damon. And thanks so much for being a weekend warrior. All right, Warriors, we're going to take a break. I'll pay some bills. Stay on the line. I'll get to all of you, Stephen, Frank, I see there's a Fred, all of you guys. 
Stay on the line, and I promise to get to you. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. All right. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm Big Clap. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Love talking about how your body works. Love talking about Michelangelo. Love talking about surfing. The sandals. Good job, Rebecca. All right, let's go back to the clinic. Clapper Vision. Clinic's open. Let's go to Fred. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? I'm good, Fred. How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 63. I'm a drummer. Nice. Uh, instructor. Nice. Uh, but you, you you saved my you saved me from getting surgery eight years ago. Get out of here. My I'm, I'm still going. Get out of here. Uh, that's fantastic. So, so you know how long ago so eight anyway, years ago is? Damn, Fred, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but I I didn't have to get surgery though. I did everything you told me that's to do, right. and I can still walk, run a little bit. You know. Yeah. That's so good, Fred. I'm, I'm, I'm proud good. of you. I'm the only surgeon, Fred, in America that probably gets so ex- as excited. And I'm a busy surgeon. I do a lot of surgery. I'm the only surgeon, I think, that gets as excited when I can tell someone how to avoid surgery than to have surgery. It's all a blessing to me. I'm put here on this planet to help. And if I can help you avoid surgery, it makes me just as happy. So I've just got the biggest smile on my face right now knowing that Fred the drummer didn't have to have an operation because of something I told him to do. That is awesome. You made my day, Fred. Yeah. And and stay the hell away from cortisone shots and stem cells and PRP. Be holistic. There's a book I wrote with Lindy Huey, Heal Your Knees, Heal Your Hips. Oh, I have it. That's right. I have it. You that's, tell your friends, all those weekend warriors. God bless you, Fred. I love it. Listen, so, I want to so, know. I'm curious I, about I, you, I, Fred. Where did you Where did you grow up? Where did you go to high school? What did your father do for a living? I went I went uh, to school in St. Louis. Wow. And my father was a postal worker and a mechanic. Wow. So we, my we dad was a postal there. worker and a carpenter. We have a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Did you he know, fight in World out, War II? I moved out to L.A. To, to do music. Did your dad fight in World War II? Uh, I believe he did, yes. What do you mean you believe he did? He, he, it's not a mystery. He either did or he no, did. No, he, he didn't tell he you did. about World he War II? Did. He did. Yeah, he did because at the funeral, at the funeral, he was honored as a, as a vet. So, That's yeah. right. Because guess what? Your father was a lot like my father. They never wanted to talk about it. Because they were the true exactly. heroes, it was, it was exactly they, they did what they had to do. But you, 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 you're answering a couple of questions because my wife has some knee issues that they they just they said is bone to bone. But she wants to do what you said not to do. She's she's getting all this email about the uh, plasma. And nah, nah. Uh, tell her, 
Tell her, you know that expression, you make it rain? I, I, this is from a different generation. I'm 65. But I, I, I pay attention. I know what they say about making I remember Andrew Bynum at a club one night. He made it rain. Now, he took all the money after the new contract, and he went to the club. He threw it in the air, right? Isn't that what making it rain is? Tell your wife, yeah. Dr. Clapper is kind of, I know a lot about the hip, but not the hop. But I know a little about hip hop. Dave Miller knows a lot about that. I know about the hip. Tell your wife, if she wants to make it rain, tell her to take that pocketbook and all the money she's going to spend on those shots and go to the club and just throw the money in the air. That'll be the same result based on, you know, literature of she's going to make it rain, but it ain't going to help her knees. So please, no injections. Don't waste your money. And some of the shots, cortisone, Synvisc, there's, there are issues that we have. So you always have to ask, well, if you're going to stick that in me, what, what's the side effect? And when they say, oh, there's no side effect, you better run real fast because everything has a side effect. And you got to ask, what's the extent? What do I got to look into? So be holistic. It's bone on bone. Yeah, I love being a surgeon. I can fix that. But not, you, no one needs an emergency knee replacement. Get in shape. Walk in the pool. Read that book. Make your wife read that book. There's no easy way out. There's no pill. There's no shot. You ain't getting younger. Yeah, these are difficult issues to deal with. But you know what? In life, you got to face the tough ones head on. That's what the ride of life is all about. You got to live your life, not just exist. There's no easy answer. Tell her not to waste her time. Gotcha. And do me a favor. There's a, there's a website, Damon. Tell her to go on the web, my website, Robert Clapper, MD, and she'll watch a woman that I did an implant for bone on bone. She's riding the bike the next day. Show your wife that video. She will start. She'll have okay. the biggest smile on her face. And you can tell her if she wants, call my office. Tell Arnie I said it's okay. She won't have to wait four months. Tell her it'll be my pleasure. What's her first name? Mildred. You tell Mildred to tell Arnie I said it's okay. She can come see me. All right? Okay. All right, Damon. There you go. Now, listen, Damon, you go find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you're thanking me, okay? All right. God bless you. And look forward to meeting Mildred. All right. Let's uh, squeeze one more in before I have to tell you what we're going to be doing next week. Let's go to Lee in Santa Barbara. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hi, Dr. Clapper. How are you? I'm good. How young are you? What do you do for a living? Uh, I'm 66 years old, and I'm a retired firefighter. Oh, wow. We've got a lot of firemen today. They're sitting around listening to the radio. I love it. Yeah. God yeah, bless yeah. you. <laughs> so uh, 36 years as a firefighter and uh, back back issues. Yep. Uh, I've had back issues off and on. I had an MRI 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. had a recent MRI. Uh, because my back's really been bothering me for the last month or so. Mm-hmm. Low, low back. Do you and, have it in front of you? Uh, you have the report in front of you? I, I do, yeah. All right, go, go to the impression. Read it slowly so I can interrupt you with clapper vision. Okay, um, let's see. Oh, impression, all the way here, down here. Okay. Uh, no significant change from 8 2012. Good. That's 10 with, years you haven't changed, which is shocking because, of course, you have changed, but we love it. Next. Yeah, it definitely feels like I've changed. Yep. You, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so already we can call into question this lovely MRI. Go ahead. Yeah. 
with mild lumbar spondylosis and several annular fissures as well as a small central disc protrusion at L5-S1, no significant spinal canal or foraminal stenosis. Wow. Uh, two, bilateral PARS defects. Ah, that's the L5. reason. Bilateral PARS defects. Okay. Significant spondy. So you're... Can I tell you something that's going to blow your mind? And I better do it quickly because yeah. I don't have a lot of time. Yep. The very fact that your MRI says you have a PARS defect goes back to when you were a teenager. Can you imagine? As your bones were forming, you never fully fused two of these little bones together. And yeah. it puts you at risk because they never fused to two pieces, never became one piece, there's a little bit more movement that your spine, frankly, doesn't like. What's amazing is you did not really wear out and get, you know, foraminal stenosis. You, you're a lucky man. You're entitled, by the way, to have back pain. You ain't having a fusion. You're not having surgery. Please don't let them give you epidurals. What you need to do, what's your height and weight? Six. Six two six three and one eighty. So I'm not here to tell you to lose weight. You're physically fit. What I'm going to tell you is I should trademark the term "ager size." That at sixty six, you're a different guy than when you were twenty six. You need to fall in love with swimming and exercising in a pool. Our guest last Saturday is the great Sally Sanger. She runs an exercise class in the water up in Santa Barbara. You need to figure out how to get a hold of her, and you should listen to last Saturday's show. If you bring into your life a way to exercise in water, the buoyancy, the resistance, I promise you, you will not only get rid of your back pain, but you'll keep it from coming back again, okay? That's what you need to do. Land-based exercises, typical core strengthening, you may not do well. And you ain't going to be better in a week or two. This is going to take two, three months. I promise if you adopt exercises specific for your back in the pool, you will get better. All right? Sally Sanger. Sally Sanger. Look her up in Santa Barbara. All right, Warriors, quickly. God bless you, Lee. Next week, we're going to talk all about Troy Palomalu and hair. And by the way, Good Time Donuts, the maple donut with peanuts. That's what reminds me of surf wax. Until next week, I'll see you on the radio.